I knew that it was a portion of God's heart for the lost. And it was crushing me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast. On behalf of Disciple City, I am not your regular host. In fact, my name is Adam Shevsky, and I have the delight of interviewing and, and actually introducing today's guest to the Toddcast, who is none other than the gift from heaven himself, Todd Carlton. Hey. Bro, this... <laughs> is deeply enjoyable. <laughs> I cannot wait to get into this with you. Um, dude, did you find the premises? Okay. We're um, out in the middle of nowhere. It was hard to find, man, but, uh, I seem to be, I seem to find it in the end. <laughs> good, good. And the green room experience. Yeah. Thank you for chatting with me in the green room. That was very fun. You were most welcome. I liked it. Dude, I am, um, I'm excited. This is honestly my first time ever hosting a podcast, let alone the infamous Toddcast. So I'm very excited. Do you follow along? I do. I'm a couple episodes behind right now, but I do know that I listen more than other people who are closely connected to this ministry. Well, however, other, um, except for the fact that unlike Chris Blackwood, Scott Cooper, Anne Marie, and a, a few others. Yeah. You, you came here empty-handed. Oh, I did. <laughs> I came with a hug. <laughs> That's all, but sorry, no uh, no double-double for you today, bro. <laughs> oh, maybe next time, bro. Maybe next season. <laughs> I've already um, yeah, failed as a Toddcast podcaster. <clears throat> but dude, there is so many people who are excited to hear about your story and your journey of how Jesus has transformed you. So I am honestly thrilled just to see I'd like to, I'd love to hear your story. And so if you don't mind, let's jump into it. I would love to hear how, like where you're from and then lead us into that spot where God started to move in your life. So tell us like, where were you born? All of your stuff and just start to, to lead us in that direction. Giddy up, bro. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was born in a small town in Southern Ontario, uh, my parents separated when I was really young, so I moved to Toronto with my mom. Um, we grew up in a, or I grew up in a, a, like a religious denomination mm. of of uh, Christianity. Um, so, but not that, that we went to church all the time. It was very infrequent, but it was kind of more like I, I akin it to, it was kind of like the culture. It's kind of like, it's just what we did, you know what I mean? If that yeah, kind of makes totally, sense. Totally. So all that being said is I always believed. So I had a belief, but it was just that it was a belief. Yeah. So I still had, uh, I saw my dad and my mom, they were great. Like, mm. you know, there was, you know, no real issues there per se. Um, but just as I grew, even though I believed, I didn't see it. I only recognize this now, but I didn't see it lived out. So people were, they were good people. All the people in my life were good people. Yeah. But there was nothing different or about their belief that really stood out to me. And I found it, uh, what I, you know, really filled with guilt, shame and condemnation. Uh, and, and just a, a lot about, seemed like very much about rules and stuff. And so I just, at a very young age, I just developed a rebellion and I just wanted nothing to do with it. So I, I had my belief, but I, I don't want to be part of this. So 
as soon as I could just stop attending things. And then again, not like we attended all kinds, but I just wanted to have nothing to do with it. So, uh, and I, and I just lived my life, man. And as I grew up, um, just as we all coming of age, identity is, you know, really big for all of us as we start to grow. Who am I? My parents are this, or we, you know, sort of grow up under that umbrella, but then who am I? And I just found myself really drawn from a really young age to rock and roll music. Yeah. Um, from really young, from as a kid, it just, it was, it's what sounded good to me. So as I grew, I just began to explore that more. Um, both my parents remarried and they, they both remarried great people who've been, you know, great in my life. Um, and, uh, I just, so I don't know what I was rebelling against, maybe just sort of an inner suppressed hurt maybe to the situation of separation. I don't know. Um, so I just immersed myself in that musical subculture, um, you know, of rock and roll and all that comes to it. Mm. And the older I got, the deeper I got into it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had goals in my life. There was a certain job that I wanted to have. I wanted to be married one day and I wanted to have kids. And so on the way to that, I just, I just wanted to party and live that rock and roll lifestyle. And, and I remember with the people that I hung out with, we actually, as I got older and I'm talking now in my twenties. Yeah. Uh, cause in, in my teenage years, I partied like teenagers would, but yeah. it's when I got into my twenties, it got a lot deeper mm. and the people that I hung out with, we even referred to it as like, it's the life. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. That I follow. So, <clears throat> Growing up then, so you just had an idea or some knowledge that there was potentially a God, but really no understanding that he could be active in your life or was active in your life. Yeah, none at all. Like that that concept of uh, personal Jesus or a relationship with Jesus, I had no concept or understanding. I don't know if anybody even really talked like that or used that language. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, just, it was just a belief and you just had to believe and like that's it yeah okay and it makes and it made sense to me that there was a creator and i don't know i guess as a kid if you're taught something you just you go with it right yeah far out so then in your adult years were you like i know some people who start using substances and parties they're, they're trying to like cover up pain was that your experience as well or was it just out of the enjoyment of doing drugs i think it was probably a little bit of both yeah you know in 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 hindsight there there probably was some inner pain that i didn't deal with or know how to deal with maybe um but honestly man i just really liked it dude and i just yeah like i just really liked the party and just yeah went after it hard yeah so was it did it develop into escapism at all of just trying to get the next fix or were it was yeah Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It just became all of us. Well, not all of a sudden, but I guess it's the deception of the enemy. It's just all of a sudden it just became, it just became what I did all the time. Yeah. But I, but I then began to hide it from people. Okay. Yeah. People that were people that were down or were into that, you would openly do stuff with them and you would do stuff in the party. But then after the party, when most people would, get back into normalcy, I kept 
you stayed there. Yeah. Yeah. Far out. So when did you meet Amy? So I met Amy once I got the career that, that I was searching for. I met her there in, I guess it was 2000, 2001. Wild. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And we met through work, like on the job type of thing. Yeah. Like in the, at this point, firefighter. Yeah. Yeah. So you are, and met her through that and she's now a paramedic. Yeah. Wild. Well, she was at the time. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. So tell, like, was it love at first sight? Uh, it was, it, well, what it was, was that, uh, I actually vividly remember seeing her on a call and then going back to the hall. And one of the guys that I worked with, he turned to me and he goes, you, oh, you like that girl. I like, he could see it in my face. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and then, then we actually then met at like a public relations type thing that the services were doing together. So that just gave us an opportunity to chit chat. And, uh, and then, uh, she was working in our, in the same area, but they move around a little bit more, just the nature of that business. And then I started not seeing her. And so I knew a couple guys in the service that I could find out where she was and kind of discreetly yeah. you know, call her and stuff like that and ask cool. her out. And so that's how that worked. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cause for the Toddcast listeners, Amy played a significant role in your life, not only just then becoming your wife, which I'd love to hear about as well, but, um, actually, slowly introducing some faith things to you. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's, that's really special. I didn't realize that you'd met through work. That's really cool. Well, and what's funny too is right. We always make, well, not judgment in a bad way, but we make perceptions or judgment, I guess, sure. when we see people mm-hmm. based on look and clothes yeah. and stuff. So when I saw her outside of work, I remember jet black hair, nose ring, Doc Martens, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's a rock and roll girl. Yeah. And although she did like rock and roll, she wasn't the rock and roll type that like I was thinking of. She okay. liked all kinds of music. She liked country. She liked uh-huh. everything. She liked rock too. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, but anyways, it was just funny to me. Wild. Wild. Okay. So <clears throat> tell me about, so now tell me about you and Amy. So you met, you get engaged go from there. Cause then I would love to hear how you started to experience some faith things through meeting, being engaged and then eventually marrying Amy. Well, it was even before that, just dating man on our second date, we went out and uh, I remember her really wanting to get something out, like to share something. Mm. She said to me, I just really want you to know that I'm a Christian. Yeah. And I just looked at her and I said, aren't we all? Yeah. Right. Cause like, what does that, what does that mean? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right? I just figured like we all are like, this is, where we live and whatever. So we dated. And and anyways, as we dated, there was just, there was something different and I didn't know what it was, but there was something different about her. Yeah. And, uh, so we dated for what she would probably have told you was a ridiculously long time, but I had been in a relationship that didn't work out well at all. So, um, I was really guarded. Yeah. So really stretch that out for a long time. But we, um, uh, we got married and, um, I just start, you know, and the more I got into her life and started meeting people in her life, there was just, there was things different mm. about these people that I was meeting. Like, uh, they're just normal people, but uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't describe it. There's just something, and they were good people. My family's good people too, but they just had something. I don't know. Right. It was just so weird. Huh. Yeah. Um, and even her parents were, 
you know, her parents were super nice and, and I really knew early on that their faith was really strong. Yeah. Um, but what was, what I really remember is the fact that they didn't, they didn't question me or they didn't make me feel like I was really different or that they were better. If that makes sense. Yep. You know, when mm-hmm. we went over there, they did grace, uh, you know, and st- and they, that, that type of thing. And, and so you're just really respectful. And, and actually I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember when I went to ask her dad yeah. for his daughter's hand yeah. and this probably crushed him, but I said to him, uh, you know, just ask that question and, and, you know, he gave me his blessings, but he, he really made a point to let me know that Amy's faith was very important to her. Mm. Right. And I said, yeah, yeah, I totally respect that. I know I wouldn't, you know, uh, stand in the way of that. Uh, you know, um, I'm not as into it as you guys are, but you know, it's all good. And, yeah. And I can imagine now in hindsight, <laughs> he must have just been praying. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us about like, so okay, you, you guys get married and then tell me about how you started to hear about Jesus and how that started to either perk your heart or, or when did you hear the gospel? How did he start to encounter your life? Okay. So it really was a process. So even going back before we were married, you go out with someone, you're getting involved in their life. Amy was going to church. It was obviously something that was really important to her. We were together for a certain amount of time that I felt like I should probably go and check this out because it seems to be important with her. So I sort of went, but it was like obligatory to me, right? Sure. So I went and checked out the church and the church that she was going to was totally different than what I grew up in. So it didn't have that church vibe to me. It was really like everybody was super nice, but it was just, what is this? And there's a band on stage and it just you know, the, the leader or the pastor at the time, he's wearing normal clothes and it was just, it didn't feel like what I grew up in. Mm. So then we, we go out for, you know, however much longer. And then I feel like I, I need to probably go. Like I felt maybe it wasn't obligation. It was God drawing me in. Right. But I felt like I need to go with her. So, and this is where I was a spiritual buzz killer to her because I remember saying to her, okay, I've decided I'm going to go to church with you, but here's my deal, right? I don't want any Christian friends. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to be part of any small group and I'm not going to be uh, the product of somebody's conversion. Sure. That's awesome. <laughs> Make you feel real good. Oh yeah. Great. Can't wait to go with you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> can't wait to go to church with you, bro. <laughs> so we, we started going and, and I, um, it was always rough getting up Sunday morning to sure. drag yourself to church and stuff. But man, um, when I was there, man, I felt like I needed to talk to somebody, man. And and anyways, we moved from where we were living. We moved up here. We start going to a different church and pastor speaking. And I'm, you sit at the back cause that's what you do when you don't really want to go. You sit at the back so you can jet if you're not good with it. Right. And man, I feel like I need to talk to somebody. And I look at this pastor and it's like, man, I can't talk to this guy. I drink, I do drugs, I do these, like I can't. Yeah, so you're still currently doing all of these things. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And and a lot of times hiding it, right? And I, I, the, the people in front of me, I feel like I, I, can't, I can't relate to these people. I'm not like these people, which is totally a lie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But uh, that's how I feel. And, and, and sometimes, man, I remember being in there and starting to feel emotional and almost starting to cry and then mm. catching myself and then having this conversation in my head thinking, man, what are you doing, man? 
fire firefighters don't cry, man. What's wrong with you? Right. And suppressing it and then totally missing whatever they were talking about. Cause I'm having a conversation with myself now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So wild, wild. What, um, but just keep going. Keep like, just okay, keep sharing. So like then, uh, I just, I didn't know what it was, but I just, I felt like I needed to talk to somebody. I, um, I really felt like I, I had reached the top of the mountain. Cause at this point we're married, we have two kids. I have my career. I have everything that I wanted in my life. All those goals that I had set forth before that I was going to party until I got to, I got to, and I wasn't partying the same way, but I was still doing stuff, right? Pink Floyd, comfortably numb. That was just where I was mm. constantly. Yeah. But, but something was missing and I didn't know. And I just began to like, what, what is my purpose? Why am I even here? Like, you know, I have all this stuff and I'm happy, but I'm not totally, you know what I mean? If that makes sense. And it's like, I, I don't know what my purpose is. And so do I just, you know, do I seek promotion at work? Do I just take my kids to drive my kids to soccer? Is that it? Is that what this life is all about? Wow. Just this. Yeah. And so that made me think of the purpose driven life, which is a book by Rick Warren yep. mm-hmm. that I had bought at Amy's request on CD when we lived and she, when we lived in Durham and she worked far away. So I didn't say anything to her. I just grabbed these C- these CDs. I stopped carpooling with the guys I was carpooling with. And I just started listening to these things on the way to work. And I had been going to church long enough to know the lingo and some of the way Rick Warren talks about stuff. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know what it was specifically, what he said necessarily, but dude, I, I really needed to know if this was real because the projection to me about their faith with Amy and with other people that I had met was that there was something more, I believed, but there was something more that I didn't understand. Yeah. Okay. And there was something real and, and I needed to know what it was. So at a certain point in this book, I stopped the CD and I leaned forward, I'm driving. Yeah. Right. And I leaned forward and I look up into the sky and I said, Jesus, if you're real, come into my heart. And as soon as I said that, boom, I, man, I felt something come inside of me that instantly filled me with joy. And for the people that I hung with, like the only way I could describe it is, is it was like the highest, cleanest high instantly from nothing. And it just, I'm just driving like this. Right. And, uh, and all of a sudden, in that instant, my belief became real. Wild. And so, Wild. M- moments later, I don't know, 30 seconds a minute, I don't know what it was, but I, I out loud by myself, I said, what have I done? Mm. And I just realized how I lived my life and how I used people. And man, I just started bawling, man. And, and at that moment, the definition of conviction, not guilt, but conviction from God, hit me, bro. Ooh, I'm just, <laughs> it was crazy, man. It was so crazy. And so wild. I drove home. Yeah. And, uh, I came in, I came in the door and, and I don't know, Amy was holding my daughter and I just said to her, I, 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 I can't even remember how I started it, but I don't know if I told her exactly what happened or whatever, but I just said, like, I told her what happened. 
And then she looked at me and she lit up, right? Like she was super excited. And then I saw her try to contain it. You know, sometimes if we get too excited for somebody, they'll disappointment or yeah. And when, and uh, when I saw her do that, I'm like, I recognize, I said, no, no, this, like, this is real. Mm. It's, it's wild. Cause in prepping to, sh- to do this Toddcast with you today, I asked Amy and, and had a phone call with her and, um, I was just asking her, her about Jesus meeting you and what I think is so special. She shared with me, which I assume, you know, that like four to six weeks before this day that you're driving in your truck and praying this prayer, she had been on her face praying for you every night. Yeah. And I just like, it was just, it was just such a beautiful story. She said, I had been praying for him for years, but there's four to six weeks where she said I was like in tears praying and then praying in the spirit that God would save you. And, um, Oh, it's, it just, it moved me. Cause, and then she just shared, like, um, she had taken you to different events and, um, books and, and like was, was trying to, cause she, she knew that you had a love for creation. You'd go to the cottage and look at the stars and just be like, wow, like this is amazing. And she's like, yeah, like it's God. And, um, so through all that, she was like, I just learned to not give up, right. Just to keep praying, to keep to keep planting and watering the seed because God can do this. And it was just, it was a really beautiful um, part of the story of her just going like, God move in my husband, move on my husband and, and save him. So, okay. So you're, he just came. So you prayed and he just came. Yeah. And, and man, I had, everybody sees like, 100 Huntley Street and these shows, right? And 700 yeah. Club, like you see them when, and, and you know, and the person, all you have to do is say this. And it's like, man, you're, you guys are crazy, mm. right? Like, I mean, it sounds so Christian cliche. Sure, sure. Because, but what I know is, man, your heart has to want to know that truth. Yeah. Because you can, you can pray a prayer or you can ask what I asked. But if your heart, if deep down inside, you don't really, really want to, God reveals himself to those who really want to know. Mm. Right. So yeah. Yeah, he knows if you're, you're serious or not. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Well, okay. So now you're starting to experience conviction, right? You come in the door and you're like, Hey, this is real to me now. But what happened next? So there's, there's all kinds of little things too, right? Like it's uh, so much stuff. So there, so what happens next is the next, the next day. And like you said, yeah, Amy had brought me to different things. We were talking in the green room about bringing me to acquire the fire in Hamilton years earlier, which I thought was just a, like, what is this joke? And Right. We were talking about that band. Who's that band? Delirious. Who apparently were the biggest thing going and I thought they were terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I was at the same event with uh, Melissa. We weren't married yet, but yeah. And I'm in the stadium and the, and and it's very clear and the, the air is very clear and it's really foreign to me. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Same. We lived very similar lives before Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, what, what happened next was what happened next was, uh, I, she had bought me a book called Washed by Blood by Brian Head Welch from Corn. Yeah. 
who was a band that I followed before, but it was funny that she was doing all these things because I didn't really read books. So I just even found it funny that she had at some point bought me this book. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's all little things too. Like just before I get into that, just like leading before that, that church that I was, we were going to, where I felt like I needed to talk to somebody. There was a youth pastor there and Amy knew his wife, uh, my buddy Jeff and, and, I thought, you know what, I could probably talk to this guy. And so this guy started hanging out with me. We'd go for coffee and he would just hang out with me. Right. And just, and talk to me and stuff. And I remember, I remember him one time we're having coffee and him saying to me, Hey man, I, and he did one of these, like the head Bob, right? Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. cool dude. He's like, Hey man, a buddy of mine just came to faith this week. And I'm like, that's cool, man. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause I didn't know what that meant. And, and then anyways, he could see it happening. He could see in you, in me, that God was working because another time we're meeting and he's like, man, God's going to ruin you in a good way. Right. It's like he, he could see. So there was all these little things playing in the background as well. Right. People planting seeds. It's why it's so important for us to, to plant seeds and not worry about the outcome because God has that covered. Right. Yep. So anyway, I read this book, man, nobody was home. I hadn't read a book for probably 12 years, at least I don't read. I don't really like to read. Right. But I, I read his book and me and had were the same age. We grew up like in the same bands. We wore the same clothes. Like his testimony really drew me into his book. So I read his book and then in his book at some point, he's doing business with some people and, and they're Christians. And one of them sends him an email one night and says, Hey, I was reading my Bible and I, stumbled across this. I thought this might mean something to you. You know, I'm not trying to be pushy, but whatever. And, and anyways, it's Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And when I read it, man, it's like the words came off the, the page and spoke to me. And it's like, I didn't even realize I was burdened mm. until I read this. Yeah. So that night, Amy comes home and, uh, I pull out this book and I said, listen, you got to hear this. And I rip open the book and I get to it and I start to try to read it. I can't read it. I start to read that passage and I, I start like welling up, like I'm going to cry. And so I, you know, I try to compose myself and I start to read it and I can't read it. And I actually literally slid the book across the table for her to read. And the, the irony of it, right. Is the guy that had the list of rules to go to church is now going to show the Christian what the Bible says. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, man, I read that book. And then on the advice of my buddy, Jeff, he said, man, read, um, you know, start reading John. Cause now I'm, I'm like instantly hungry, man. Yeah. So he suggested starting in John. So I read the gospel of John. And at this point I've like cut myself off of whatever entertainment that I was doing. Actually, sorry. So I came to faith the, the, the night I came home and I told Amy, yeah, I had this routine of what I did w- with where we, we get our kids to bed and I would go out into my garage and I would get tuned up yeah, a okay. little bit yeah. with, with the false, with the, you know, the thought that, you know, she's here. So if anything happens, kids are covered like, you know, whatever, yeah. I'm an adult. This is yeah. how I'm living. Yeah. Not a big deal. So I go out into my garage and I get tuned up. So the next day I read Head's book. Yeah put our kids to bed. Same thing. That night I go into my garage, get, get tuned up a little bit comfortably numb. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm standing in the doorway of my garage, man. 
and I'm looking over the, the countryside that we're living on, having a smoke. And man, I hear God's voice, man. Wow. And he says, he says to me, man, what have I not given you that you need to be drunk and high every day? And dude, all the hair on my body just stood up. And it's like in that moment, he took the desire to use out of me. And it's like, I was free of it. And so, and then anyways, then, then there was a, you know, a whole process of on, on my buddy, Jeff's advice. I read, you know, the gospel of John, I got together with him and a couple other guys. We formed this little group and we just read the Bible. We'd read the gospels together and process what that, what that means. And this was my buddy, Matt page and yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Clark and my buddy Dale and just like a small group of us started getting together to just to process through this and read this together. And so I read all the gospels and then I, you know what, you know what something else was really key is, um, Amy's parents were so excited, right? They told, as you would be. Sure, yeah. They told their friends. Yeah. And so when we'd go to church or when we'd go around people, they wanted me to share my story, share what happened. There was a handful of people that came up to me in the church or wherever, but a handful of Christians that came up to me and they looked like shook my hand or whatever, but they looked at me in the eyes and they said, hey, we heard what happened. That's so good. I'm so happy for you. But the way this small handful looked into my eyes, they knew what I had experienced. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not everybody, like everybody was excited, but yeah, there were yeah. certain people that without even hearing it, they knew Yeah, that there was encounter. That God had come. And that faith had become real. Mm. Yeah. Wild has wild so <clears throat> i know that a number of us because we've seen i've honestly just as your friend have seen the lord move through your life um for uh for the last five six years we've be, we've been friends met through our good friend cam 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 we love you bro <laughs> and um <clears throat> but we i personally have benefited like my life is richer because of yours and just yeah, the feels. Um, it's true. And just the Lord moving through you. Like, so I had the opportunity to travel with you. This will be a future episode at some point, but we're going to talk about Africa. But I, I got to see you just live in this measure of grace that I've seen so rarely on with all of our friends, which we just see God doing beautiful things. But you just literally people seeking you out for prayer. You went for a walk one morning. It was like 6 a.m. And I was just getting up for to grab coffee. And you came back and you're like, I've already prayed for eight or nine people. And they were like coming out of their doors to, to be prayed for because God was moving through your life and you were seeing miracles. Um, like healings happen. People actually experiencing the fruit of Jesus through your life and your obedience. So I'd love to ask like, where did that come from? What moment where all of a sudden you were like, wow, I, I'm now in faith. I'm going to church. Like I'm experiencing God, but now he's living through me. He's transformed something. Um, tell me about that. Well, so there's, there's a, like obviously a bigger story to everything, but this, I really feel like, and this is probably why I'm so drawn to disciple a city and what, 
the ministry, you know, wants to help people with, is there such an importance to discipleship and discipleship happening right away yeah. as it, yeah. as it would in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. In the book of Acts. So, uh, and, and no fault of anybody in particular, it's likely seemingly culturally mm-hmm. and just the way we are as people here where we live. But, uh, I got together with these guys and we're, we're exploring, you know, the gospel and what it means to us and all these things. And so I'm, I'm growing and, and everything. And, uh, and it's funny because I remember knowing early on, there's something about the Holy spirit. And that's all I just kept saying. There's something more about this Holy spirit, but I didn't know what it was. Right. Uh, but I just knew there was more. Yeah. And so anyways, this group, we ended up calling it the well for that's kind of another story, but it was really cool. And lots of different guys came involved in it over the years, just gathering and and as a group of men, just reading through and processing, right. Matt Fisher and a whole bunch of guys. Right. Yep. Um, but so what happened was because I had read heads book and he had come to faith in his story, I started following him on social media. Okay. So when I followed him on social media, he started promoting this documentary called the Holy ghost Yep. or Holy ghost by Darren Wilson. And so when that came out, I ordered that and that, and this was just before I met you or maybe we had met once, but that movie came out. I bought it and I watched that documentary and that's where I got introduced to, to Todd white. Yeah. Yep. And Jake and just all these different people. But I got so I mean, I had been up until that point, I'd been sharing my testimony almost every day okay, yeah. with people. Um, Amy's dad would actually, we'd, we'd, I don't know, come in front of somebody and, and Amy's dad would be like, Hey, this is my uh, son-in-law. He's got a great story. Why don't you tell him your story? And then he'd walk away. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so I shared my testimony, my testimony, my testimony. And then, but there's more, right? Sure. And so anyways, I watched this documentary. And it just really inspired me to share the gospel yeah, and to actually pray for people. So we were actually meeting, this is really cool. We were actually meeting our, our little group uh, for, for lunch one day at this restaurant in town. And we went to this restaurant and we were supposed to be talking about the Beatitudes. And I sit down in this chair and it's my buddy Jeff leading it. And he starts talking about what we're going to talk about. And the, and I look where I'm sitting. I can see the door to the restaurant. The door opens and this woman comes in the door on crutches and she's in like pain as like you could yeah. totally see yeah. how slow she's moving and somebody's holding the door for her. And when she comes in, all I hear in my ears is like, you know, like that white noise. Yeah. I can't hear anything that Jeff's saying, but I know. I have to pray for her. And at this point, I've not prayed for anybody in my life. Wild. So, um, the soon as, um, that happens, my buddy, Jeff realizes that I'm not listening. And he says, what do you think, man? (laughs) Right. And I said, Oh man, I'm sorry. And I say what happens or I say what I had just experienced and stuff. And anyways, we go through lunch and when lunch is over, I know I have to pray for this woman. So this restaurant is packed. It's noon right? Noon, one o'clock. And I walk over and I just say hello. And I say my name and I just ask what happened. And she'd been in a car accident and she's busted up all over the place. Right. And she was there with her sister and a, a little kid, either her daughter or sisters, whatever. And I asked her if I could pray for her. And she said, sure. And I was super nervous. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so I, I just looked at her 
and this came from him because I, at this point I wasn't down with the Christianese. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I just looked at her and I said, all things are possible in him. Wow. And wow. then dude, I like, it's then all the nervousness went away. I got down on my knees in this restaurant. It was like we were in a bubble and I didn't care. I didn't care about anything or what anybody thought or anybody around me. And I don't know if I held her hand or what, but I just prayed for her, man. I just prayed over her. And then when I stopped, I turned and I looked up and her eyes were closed like she was receiving. Right. And yeah. I looked over at her sister and her sister like looked at me and like silent, gave me like a silent oh. thank you. And then this woman opened her eyes and, and I looked at her again and I said, all things are possible in him. And then all of a sudden the bottle bubble burst and I got really super nervous and I just tapped her on the shoulder and I said, I got to go. And I took off out of the restaurant. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what happened, but that wild, that, that began, um, just this desire, man, to want to just pray for people, man. And I just set out and everywhere I would go, dude, I would go, if I would go to the grocery store or Costco or I don't know, Canadian tire or whatever. I would just, as I would walk through the parking lot, I would just pray, God, show me how you love people. Show me somebody you want me to talk to. And then, you know, I started if on my off days, I would just, I don't know if Amy was not here, the kids weren't here. I had free time. I just, I would just drive into town. I would just drive into Peterborough and park my truck and just walk around and pray. God, show me somebody you want me to talk to. Yeah. And I would just sit and talk to people and, you know, sometimes talk to some homeless folks, sometimes mm -hmm. just stop randos on the street and, and it was all received well. Yeah. Like nobody yep. was ever, because mm -hmm. I was letting him lead. Yeah. And you know, and then that's when you and I met, right? Cause then that was the, when you wanted to start this ministry and mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. With a wonderful group of people. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, okay. So you knew that there was more, you knew that the Holy spirit could do stuff. And then you watch this documentary and then it was just his love. Like, is that, would that be accurate? Like his, his love just compelled you. Yeah. I just, I had always been, I'd always been a nice guy in my life, yeah. but I had always also been judgmental. Okay. Yep. So, you know, we, when, when I said way back at the beginning, my buddies that we hung out with and we, we lived the life and we lived the life and we went to live concerts and we went to like metal bars and although we respected other people, we didn't hang out with them because we don't, we don't like relate. So sure. super judgmental and foolish in hindsight of, because of clothes and music of, because we're all people at the core. Right. Um, so, but yeah, but I, I had just been overcome. It's like, I see things the way he sees it. Now I see these same people with his eyes, mm. with his love for them. Yeah. Sounds like you were born again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that cuz I've I've seen that experience through just being your friend, right? Just actually seeing the experience of someone being born again and the the actual fruit and transformation that I I've witnessed that in your life where you're like this isn't about religion. This isn't about church going to church on a Sunday, even though that can be, is very beneficial and important, but you're like, it's about actually him living in us. Yeah. And I've, I've seen that, like, not only I've seen the transformation in you, but so many people you've prayed for, um, 
people esteem you quite highly um, just because you have let God love you very deeply. And it's, we've been loved by him through you. Um, so tell me like, what was one of the first times, like, so you prayed for this girl. What was one of the first times you prayed for someone and just saw God move on someone or, or heal someone? Tell us a story about that. Well, I'll just preface that with just saying that he, he, um, the, the interesting thing about sharing is, man, I'm just driven and see people this way. And when I first came to faith too, the, the very first thing I thought is my coworkers, I have to tell everybody sure, what yeah. just happened to me. But then I thought, no, wait a minute. They're going to think I'm like drunk and or, you know what I mean? Totally. Think I'm yeah. crazy. Yep. But what's interesting, and you know, this can also be a story for another day, but it's real easy to walk into a grocery store and talk to somebody or, or pray for a stranger. But it's a whole different ministry field when it's people at work or people on your kid's sports team, people that you see all the time. Totally. And for the people that I work with, man, it's, it's like my heart so wants them to know this truth too. Yeah. But it's, but God really has to lead that, right? Because there's, there's people that have asked me stuff and there's people that are open to talk and there's other people that they just don't want to. Sure. And, and, and I respect that, but it, bro, it, it weighs heavy on my soul to that. They all know this truth that I, we have experienced, but anyway, um, getting back to your question, I think that the first experience of healing that I experienced was our first uncovered event, right? Where there was a, there was an outreach time and I had gone out with Matt Fisher. We had gone out and we came back early and you were praying for that. You were praying for a guy in the pews. Yeah. And I didn't know much about anything, but I just want to pray for everybody. So Matt and I just went up and joined you in prayer. Yeah. And he had neck pain and he had something with his back. Mm-hmm. And I put my hand on his spine and we all prayed for him. And I felt his vertebrae pop in my hand Yeah. from a seated position, him not moving. Yeah. And then that guy cried, hey, dude, like he was pain free and he cried for the rest of the night, like that he was so free. And, uh, man, that was wild. It was wild. That was the first thing that I experienced that way. Yeah. And much like others, I prayed for lots of people and nothing happened, Yeah. but I didn't let it discourage me and I didn't care. You know, I'm, I'm crushing the Bible and the Bible says signs and wonders follow those who believe. And I believe, and the, you know, it tells us as disciples to go and pray for the sick and, yep. and I don't know how it works and I'm not going to waste my time trying to figure out that. I just know he wants me to do that and, and it's going to be for his glory. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the outcome is, he will be glorified. As. Yeah. Yeah. You said something really beautiful there just about like your coworkers and people that you know that you just want them to know the truth tell me about that like what is if if you could def i know what we know what the truth is but just like tell me like in your own words what is that truth that you want people to know the truth that i want people to know is that jesus is god he's the exact representation of god and he came so that we could be not only the salvation portion, but be free yeah, to have joy, 
to live in this world with all the stuff that we've just gone through in the last couple of years and yet still have peace to, to just experience the, the truth of who he is that religion has distorted. Yeah. Yep. Because that's exactly what's happened in my, in, in my estimation is that religion has distorted the reality of who Jesus is perhaps in the beginning with a, a, a good attempt at trying to show people or lead people to that truth. But we get in the way of that truth. Mm, yep. hundred percent. We can. Wow. And so I just like, and I mean, a lot of people in life, um, they're not struggling with say addiction or they're not, they, they, they have money or they don't feel like, like things are good for them in their life. Right. But, but at the end of the day, there's still something, you know, you got to ask yourself, man, what, what about in your heart? Like, how does this stuff happen to people? What, what does that look like for me? That's the question I'd like people to ask themselves. What does that look like for me? Forget religion, forget, forget all this different stuff. What does that look like for me? Like there's a connection that we can have with God, tangible connection mm. yeah. and not like, not like, uh, experiencing a, like, not like a spiritual high, like chasing after a spiritual high. Do you know what I mean? But like an actual connection, a tangible connection that you can have that doesn't exist in any other religion. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually doesn't exist in, in like, I don't know if it's the right words, but like in Christian religion. Right. You know, about works and that type of Christian religion, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, he's real. Yeah. That's yeah, beautiful and well said. Because everything, well, there's nothing in it for me. I remember saying this to a guy on the street one time that I was talking to, trying to share Jesus with him. And I said, hey man, this is the best part. Do you know what, you want to know what's in it for me? And he's like, what? And I said, nothing. Yeah. And he just looked at me and he goes, what? I said, there's nothing in it for me, man. There's, I get nothing from this, but it's like, he's so real. I think it was in the winter time too. I said, dude, he is so real that I just feel so compelled to peel myself away from my family, walk away from my warm wood stove and come out here freezing to share this with whoever, like he points out to. Yeah. With no gain to us special hey eh? <laughs> thank you god yeah so it's like you were um because you you just you love people well so tell me like your heart right now for the church for believers um for people like if say maybe i'd ask it this way like if god wanted to give like what gift is God wanting to give the world through your life? Well, that's a deep question. Big question. I, I don't know, man, that, that God wants to, God's already given the gift. Yeah. God's already given the gift. The gift is Jesus. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I, I, I don't know, man, he's just called me and everybody to be obedient. Yeah. And not in the sense of obedient, like following rules, but in obedient of sharing the truth 
of who he is yeah. and the joy that's in that. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not perfect, right? I, yeah, have, yeah. I have ups and downs and well, uh, ups and downs, but the joy is always there. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah. Right? That's the difference between happiness and joy. I was always, I was happy before, but I was missing joy. Yeah. And you can have everything in life. You can have cash, you can have job, whatever, and have happiness, but it's not joy. Happiness is temporary. Joy is forever. Somebody can be, somebody can be ill in your family and you can be sad and and mournful for that. But with him, you still have joy inside. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if if I were to reframe kind of my question a little bit, I think what I'm trying to get at is like, if you could impart or give something to another believer to see something, one thing super clear, what would it be? God's heart for the lost. Yeah. God's heart for the lost and his heart for the found who are being deceived. Yeah. So the distractions of the world are so thick. You really, you really have to get alone with him or in that secret place to see through the fog of the world. So you can actually really see what he sees. And we need to like, Every believer needs to share the truth and the freedom that they know, because I really, like many, I really feel uh, an urgency. Sure. Yeah. And like time's running out, man. And, and people need to know, and we can't wait. We can't wait for, I don't know, all these different things or somebody, or I'm not an evangelist that, you know, I do this and that that's just not true, man. Like, we all need to share in different ways. The evangelists can share it radically and, and get up at the events and the churches and really stir people on, right? And be crazy. But all believers need to share that joy yeah. with, with people so that they know this truth. And I can be distracted too because what transpired over the last couple of years because of my job and the area of specialty sure. in my, in my work. Right. Like I, I recognize then and even now that the enemy used that to totally distract me, yeah. to totally distract me from how I carry myself and, and what I'm really here for. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, wise to the deceivers deceit. <laughs> There's a Toddism right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that, that is, is really well said and, and quite beautiful. Just in the sense of going like God actually does have a heart for people and it's not like he has a heart for the lost. That's why he sent his son. And it's not just for the evangelist to carry that part of the Lord's heart. He actually wants to give it to every believer. Yeah. Yeah. And then see, not only people carry his love for the lost, but then for them to realize that they've actually been brought out of death into life and righteousness and purity and hope and restoration. Um, I'd love to ask this question. What was your heart behind the Toddcast? The, the, the thoughts behind it were that, or the heart behind it was to capture testimonies are so powerful, man. And God works. And when I first came to faith, I thought that's how it worked. Right. You get to a place, you pray and boom, you just like that, it happens. But that's not 
that's how it worked for me. That might be how it worked for some, but it's not sure. how it works for everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. He works in different ways. So the heart behind it is capturing people's testimonies so that the listener can see that this isn't about religion, man. This is a, that he is real mm. and he's calling you and he wants to have a relation with you and they're normal everyday people, regardless of age or where you are in your life mm-hmm. or whether you're got all kinds of money or for whatever, if you're a business, big business person or, or a celebrity or whether you're just, you know, a, a mom or whatever, working somewhere or whatever that, that he's real. Yeah. And there's a story behind everything that shows the tangibility about who Jesus is. Yeah. And so just a wanted to connect with people and then B really just go, I want to hear your story and show that God has been moving in people's lives literally now. Cause you've done how many episodes? Well, this will be 40. Yeah. So 40 episodes of people who've been transformed by Jesus which means there's millions of others who've experienced the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, the hopes too to encourage a believer who, you know, who maybe was like me where it's like, well, it's a belief. Like, it's just like, I've always grown up with this. So it's just a belief, but there's more. Yeah. There's more. And sometimes in talking to like really religious people, you know, it's like God really needs to work in their heart. So it's like, what, what, you know, I've, I remember telling somebody one time, listen, I'm not saying what you're doing or your church or whatever is wrong. Yeah. All I'm saying to you is, man, there's more. Yeah. It's not, there's more. Yeah. And that more is worth exploring. Yeah. And asking for that more is worth exploring. Yeah. Yeah. It's a t-shirt. It is. Okay. So I'd love, I'd love to ask you this question. And, and I know you've talked about like when you prayed and God showed up in your truck and Nelson, you experienced his joy and then his conviction, and then you're getting lit in the garage and then he speaks to you audibly. And there's been moments I'd love, could you share just a moment where you experienced God in just some way might've been one of those, but how that has actually not only marked your life, but then transformed how you do ministry. Hmm. Where either you saw his heart in a different way or experienced his presence in a different way and just share with us how that changed you and then has now changed others. Well, I don't, (laughs) I don't know if it's changed others, but, uh, when we did the Jesus school, oh, that, by the way, Jesus school in Australia, that should be, that was, that's a good talk to have actually. Yeah. So how he's spoken to me. Okay. You know what? Just saying that I'll just do two real things. We went to Jesus school in Australia, which for people listening was, was, um, a 10 day camp experience, um, talking about the truth about God, the truth about Jesus and the truth about you Mm -hmm. teaching about identity and all kinds of stuff like that, that we went to and we went to, to partner with the leaders there to see how they run and facilitate it. So that the hopes that we could bring totally. it here to Canada yep. was in Australia. It was, it was amazing. At this point in my journey, I already had a heart for the lost. Sure. Yep. The one we didn't, there was an encounter night there 
where we were all standing in a circle holding hands and, uh, and at (laughs) really, really quickly, um, a couple girls started laughing, right? And there's that whole Holy spirit laugh. Yep. And in my mind, and this is what, this is what the enemy does to us, even in these settings, right? Is that real? Yeah. Right. Is this really happening? This is weird. I don't know if I believe this or whatever, but when I went down there, I had one prayer to God and that's what that was. I want to see whatever you're willing to show me. And I just kept praying that over and over again. It's the only thing I prayed is I just, I want to see whatever you're willing to show me. So these girls start this laugh and I just close my eyes and then I started laughing and I didn't know if I was laughing because it was the Holy Spirit laugh or if I was just laughing because they were laughing. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> right? But I was laughing for about 10 seconds and then I started weeping. And then I felt like a weighted blanket on me. And I didn't go down, but I but it put me to the ground and it was so heavy, this weight. And it just like it pinned me and it's almost like it was pushing me into the floor and I'm just like, I'm, I'm bawling. And it's like, I knew that it was a portion of God's heart for the lost. And it was crushing me. And it was like, it was breaking my heart. And I already had a heart for the lost. It's like, I would have thought I didn't need to be shown his heart for the lost but it was so intense, man. And it had me on the floor and there had to be 60 people in there. Yeah. And I'm on the floor, man. And when I finally began to like, and this is when I'm, I'm in there with Guy Freeman. Yeah. Right. Who didn't grow up in this, Yeah. but who's witnessing this happen to somebody that he knows when I kind of like peel myself up off the floor, there's nobody, there's me and Guy in there. And there's two girls sitting in a corner and then there's somebody else somewhere else, like just laid flat out on their back. It's dead quiet. And I peel myself off the floor and we walk up to go to the door and I can't even look at guy. And we get close to the door and I turn and look at him, man. And it just, boom, it hits me again. And I collapse into these chairs and I, man, I literally prayed, God, please stop. Cause I can't take it. And I, as, as I felt that weight come on me, I felt it lift. And it's like, that that w- one instance just really really changed me in in him it's like it was so intense that i know that it was only a portion of how his heart is for the lost because if it was his whole heart it would have killed me that's what it felt like and so uh anyways that just intensified understanding his heart for the lost. And uh, what made me remember that kind of more maybe to to your question is that when we did our Jesus school here, you know, now I already have this maybe enriched, if that's the right word, heart for the lost. But I got asked to go pick up supplies in town Mm -hmm. one day. And, you know, as much as we, okay, yeah, like whatever, I'll I'll do whatever, but I don't want to do that. I want to stay there. I want to be in these God moments with these people. I want to pray for people. Right. I don't want to go by myself, but you man up and you serve. Right. So I go, I race into town 
I get what I need to get. And then I'm like, I'm racing back. Like I'm literally racing to get back. So I don't want to miss anything. And just before I crossed that bridge over the water to the camp, Mm -hmm. a dump truck turned in front of me. And it's like, as I cross that bridge behind the dump truck, it's like not audibly, but I felt God speaking to my heart saying, this is where I want you right now. This is how I want you to serve me. I didn't tell you to do this or that or whatever at the camp. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we, we want to speak or we want to be the one that prays or we want to do all these different things that we feel like are highlighted, you know? And this dump truck, man, it made every turn that I had to make (laughs) all the way to the camp road. And like, I was emotional while I'm driving. And yet again, he meets me in my vehicle because Jesus rides shotgun in my Chevy Silverado friends. Yep. And, uh, I don't know, this is kind of totally different to the two perhaps, but it was just a moment where God was showing me, I've, I've called you to ministry. I've linked you with Adam and all these people with Disciple of City. But humble yourself and just follow my lead and I'll put you where I want you to be. Yeah. And that morning it was going to get, I don't know, water or, or I don't even know what I was who knows, up, yeah. but who knows. Yeah. But that's, that's what, yeah. you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the, I love how Peter's letter says that we, um, we've actually received the divine nature, right? Like we've actually become a partaker of the divine nature and it, 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 that manifests in love where he comes like a weight and crushes us for the lost so that we would actually participate in what his, like, I I love that because um, you, you were like, God, please stop, stop putting this love in me. It'll kill me. And it actually killed him. Mm. Like Jesus actually, actually went that distance. Like he was so possessed for love and zeal for people who are far away, whom you and I were those people that he died on a cross bearing our sin so that we would be brought to his father by his spirit. Yeah. And then just, he's like, just serve, just serve. So what would you say if, if someone was like, Hey, I'm either, I want to, I want to know this is real for, is, is this real God? What would you, or if, if you're like, how do I experience that love from him? Would you just share in your own words of what they could do? to experience that. You really have to ask for that. You really have to really want to know that in your heart and you don't need to be in a church. You don't need to be with a pastor, with a minister, whatever. You just need to really ask that in your heart and truly want to know. And he will share and expose that to you and uh, this is my desire especially for the people in my life that I know and there's a lot of people in my life man that I've I've not shared my testimony with or I've not had the opportunity to share and like I just 
I so want to, but I also want to respect them for when they're ready, when God prepares their heart to hear. And so I just encourage you to seek this truth. What does that look like for you? Because the enemy wants you to not know the truth and he's doing everything to distract you from it. And if you hear the name Jesus and it makes you uncomfortable or it makes you not want to hear what the person has to say, as far as I'm concerned, that's a direct sign of the power of the name of Jesus and he's calling you. And the fact that it might make you uncomfortable or or distract you should be a very concerning sign because he wants you and he wants to share his love with you. He wants to call you home. He's real and he's for everybody right now. Thanks, Adam. It's been a joy, Todd.